0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Torque message of the week. We know you will be uplifted and equipped to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus through what is spoken. Please enjoy this message from Pastor Tony Cassis. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit torque.org. Now for the
1: message. Thank you so much. Appreciate all the prayer and um, all of the... Uh, affirmation. It does help. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, a different kind of an anointing from the Holy Spirit. Seeing that it's Pentecost, uh, we all felt, the family and I, that I should at least address um, the fact that we we are 50 days from Passover. That's what Pentecost means. It's a 50-day period from the festival of Passover. And uh, this is the day that the Holy Spirit chose to descend from heaven and fill 120 believers in a very large upper room in, in Jerusalem. And from that 120 um, Spirit-filled believers, the church and the gospel has been spreading all over the world for 20 centuries. That's a lot of time. 20 centuries. There's been attempts to snuff it out in every century and and indeed we're seeing attempts in this day and age to snuff out the gospel, snuff out the church, but you can't snuff out the church because that means you're snuffing out the Holy Spirit and He's um, invincible. Hallelujah. But um, there, there there was a significant difference in the 120 believers uh, approach and and boldness after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and that that is an amazing, you know, phenomena. Um, those of you who are filled with the Spirit, and I trust you all know that you are filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit. <clears throat> I trust that you've experienced in some way that transform that transforming dynamic of what the Spirit does. If you haven't um, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then we encourage you to come and talk to myself or one of the leaders about how we can get you baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you're unsure about whether you are or not, you would be good to um, tune into Theology Talks where we discuss The distinction between being born of the Spirit and then being baptized of the Spirit. They're two separate occasions and they're both necessary to complete what we call the salvation package. All right? Salvation is not just a matter of believing on Jesus. That gets you in the door, yes. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says, you will be saved and your household. Amen? So it's for you and your family if you want to believe and stretch out your faith. Nate, can I get you to turn the fan off? Is that all right? But after being born again, Jesus promised the disciples that the Spirit is with you and shall be in you. Okay? Now, Peter, James, John, all of the 12 and the 120 of you know some of his family and the other believers that were there in the upper room, the Holy Spirit was with them, but not yet in them. In the Old Testament, the kings and the prophets had the Spirit with them and he would come and go as he pleased, but he was never in them. Through Pentecost, God Almighty is now in us. So literally, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, but now God in us. See the slight difference? So David, with all of his anointing, he he was not indwelt by the Spirit. He was anointed of the Spirit, but he didn't have the Spirit living in him full-time because we are told by John's Gospel that the Spirit could not be given until Jesus' passion, until Jesus opened up his body and literally let the Spirit go forward into those who are redeemed, okay? Now, that's a very important fact you need to remember in your theology, because if the prophets were so accurate and so anointed and not be filled like you are, then how much more should you know your God? Because Jesus said, He, the Spirit of truth, shall be with you always, even to the end of the age. And now I'm I'm, I'm going to just touch on this a little bit, but I, I want to go to what I felt the Holy Spirit really wants me to talk about because there is enough truth out there about being baptised in the Spirit and receiving not just His gifts, but producing His fruit, wow, yeah. all right? In fact, the Pentecostal Church gets its name from the, the word Pentecost, which occurred 50 days after the Lord's Resurrection. And we can thank an African-American man named William J. Seymour for taking the baptism of the Holy Spirit to Azusa Street, where his local church was. And from Azusa Street in, in Los Angeles, it spread all over the world and ke- it kept on spreading for a 100 years. And to this day, we, we are standing on a foundation that Charles Parham and William J. Seymour established back in 1901, I believe it was, the Azusa Street Revival. And he was a black man. He wasn't very attractive. He only had one eye. Did you know that? And if God can use a one-eyed black man to bring the biggest spiritual revival the world has ever seen, what does it say for us? It says a whole lot, right? But... If you go to me to uh, Exodus chapter 27, right? Hallelujah. There's something about the Lord's anointing that I want to share with you that not many people seek after, all right? And it's important for us because we are in the world every day and we need to be anointed to um, be able to make a distinction between what the Lord does with us and what the Lord does in people who don't have the Spirit of God. And so there's a type of an anointing that doesn't always necessarily have to make you super spiritual but it still gives you a cutting edge on your witness to everyone around you. Not just to non-believers, but believers as well. And that's the anointing to do what you do every day in the workplace and in the home and do it excellently. Do you understand? This is what made Daniel a distinct prophet from all those soothsayers and, and men of wisdom in the kingdom of Babylon. Remember, Daniel and his companions went to the you know the, the, the University of Babylon and its speciality was divining and necromancy. He had to learn all the books that they studied, and yet he stayed faithful to his God. He wouldn't eat their delicate food. But he had to learn all the ways of the astronomers, astrologers, all of the wise men. The word wise men is magi. Remember the magi came to Jesus. And they probably travelled from the Babylonian area to get to Jesus. But these quote unquote wise men were wise in the ways of the world. They were wise in areas where in, in, in essence, the Lord would condemn because they would delve into sp- the spiritual realm, but not by the Holy Spirit. And so Daniel was able to keep himself separate from that, even though he was at the University of Babylon. And I'm paraphrasing, but ultimately that's what his learning curve was. He had to learn all the customs and the ways of the Babylonians. And some of you have experienced this when you've gone to college. You're sitting there, they're teaching evolution or they're teaching some kind of junk that you don't necessarily believe. And you're praying and saying, Lord, okay, I'm going to hear this out, but I don't really agree with what's being said. Because your spirit keeps checking you. It's, there's, there's always the denial of God and the exaltation of man in human philosophy. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? And so the Lord, um, the first time in the Bible that God ever says that someone is anointed with His Spirit is when the artisans who were preparing the tabernacle were about to prepare the, the priestly garments and the instruments used for worship. Can you believe that? The first time in the Bible that God says, I have anointed these men with my spirit to do a task that they normally couldn't do without my spirit being upon them or in them. And that was when they were building the tabernacle. And... uh, we go from uh, chapter 28 right and we read here from verse 1 Moses the Lord says to Moses take Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel that he may minister to me as priest Aaron and his sons Nadab Abihu Eleazar and Ithamar and you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother for glory and for beauty So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. Hallelujah. So the Lord mentions that there. And then further down, a couple of the, uh, uh, a man from the tribe of, of Judah is actually mentioned by the Lord as being anointed by His Spirit to prepare all the instruments of the tabernacle. He says, I have filled this man with the Spirit of God. So I love the gifts of the Spirit. Pastor and I exercise spiritual gifts constantly. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, healing. And most of you are getting accustomed to doing the same. You know, Ginny was mentioning that the blood of Jesus, the breaking of the Lord's body gave way for us to be supernatural. And that's true. But you know, I find in the Scriptures that the Lord doesn't like to boast. He doesn't always answer everything He needs to do supernaturally. In fact, He, he gravitates to the other, the other end of that spectrum. When he split the Red Sea, he didn't literally blow out of his nostril a wind. He had arranged for a east wind to blow all night. It was a natural, supernatural phenomena. Do do you know that? When Moses said, what do I do? He said, lift up your rod and command the sea to split. And then the Scripture says the Lord made an east wind blow all night and literally the wind separated the sea so that there was a wall of water on both sides. Now I know that the natural has a supernatural element to it. There could have been angels there just keeping the the waves from crashing down. But there was a natural uh, application to the supernatural phenomena. Jesus didn't create five, lo- uh, yeah, five loaves and two fish. He could have created five loaves and two fish, but He said to the disciples, give me what you have. You know, the devil tried to make Him turn stones to bread and He could have. But out there in the, you know, in the, the, the grassy hillside of Galilee, he asked them, give me what you've got, cause the Lord's miracle needed to, to be multiplied in something that was already tangible. And Don't get me wrong, I believe God can create, but what if I was to tell you that he stopped creating on day number six? Everything else he does, he either aligns or supersedes what he's already created. Yeah, it's true, right? He said he finished cre- his creative work on day number six. The man born blind, remember when the man was born blind. And they said, Lord, who has sinned? This man or his parents? He said, no, this one's just to glorify God. A lot of commentators believe the guy didn't have any eye sockets. He didn't have any eyeballs, I mean. He was, he was born without eyes. Now, Jesus could have laid His hands on His face and commanded eyes to be created, but he didn't. He got mud or he got dirt and he spat in it and he, and he created mud. And then he stuck the mud in his eyes. Does that remind you of somewhere else in the Bible where God takes dust? Adam. See? Now why didn't God create Adam by just saying, I want man to appear as flesh and blood, but he didn't. There's a purpose in everything God did. He took earth dust, fashioned it, and then blew life into it. So when Adam died, the Lord reminded him, by the way, you came from dust, and now that my spirit separate from you, you're going back to dust, at least his body was. You see what I'm saying? So I believe when Jesus put the mud in this man's eyes and then he asked him by faith to go wash the mud out, the miracle started happening with the mud in his eyes and created a perfect set of eyeballs. I could imagine his parents, the look on their face when they look at their son and they see eyes in his head. Can you see? When that man had the withered hand, all he said was stretch out your hand. Whatever was missing came into being as he by faith stretched out. Now I'm not limiting God. He can create a limb if he wants to. He can raise the dead when he wants to. But even a dead man at least has a body. It's not like God is creating a new body, right? He just brings his spirit back. Yeah? yeah? Even in the resurrection, the dust of your body connects with the Spirit of God again and becomes immortal. You're saying, you're, that's crazy. What about if you cremated? Well, whatever, wherever that dust is, it's coming from anywhere around the world to give you your new body. Why? Why do I say that? Did Jesus get a new body when He was resurrected? The answer is no. The same body that was buried was the body that was resurrected eternally. The difference between His body and ours is because He was without sin Decay couldn't set in to His body. They could have left Him there a million years. There would not be a smell. There would not be a stench. There would be not rotting of His body at all. You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. The word corruption is decay. We decay because sin has been committed in this body. But when we rise in the the resurrection, the dust of your body is invigorated again by the Spirit of God. And again, Jenny's Ginny, been listening to my sermons because she mentioned in our resurrection bodies we have flesh and bone but no blood. What's keeping us alive is the Spirit of the living God. The same Spirit that's in you now is going to empower you to live forever. And you won't be breathing oxygen, so you won't have to worry about allergies every spring. Right? You won't get hungry, but you can eat as much as you like. Remember? Remember, Jesus ate in his resurrection body. Jesus drank. He ate. You know, he even cooked breakfast for the, for the apostles when they were discouraged. He cooked breakfast. He ate honeycomb. He ate fish. Now, I'm saying all this because the Holy Spirit's work in us is amazing. We can't comprehend what the Holy Spirit is able to do. But the Lord wanted me to share with you what you do in your workplace. These artisans, they were anointed by God to do what they were called to do by God excellently. I found sometimes, in fact most times, my greatest witness to people in the world is my work ethic. When I am honest, when I am hospitable, when I tell them up front, this is how much it's going to cost you. There are times when I'll tell a client, someone who knows more than I do needs to do this job. It's beyond me. They appreciate that. That's a witness to them. See what I'm saying? The joy that I portray. And not only that, the actual doing of what you're you've spent your life really training yourself to do can be magnified time and time again by asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, anoint me to be excellent like Daniel was excellent. The king of Babylon said of Daniel, he has an excellent spirit. In other words, whatever he put his mind to do, he did it well. And Paul quotes, he says... Whatsoever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord. So when you're doing that menial stuff that you don't like to do, remind yourself you're doing it to the Lord. When you're loving people who aren't loving you back, you're loving them as unto the Lord. And God will anoint it because these artisans, they were average until the Spirit of God came upon them. Now they were extraordinary. Yeah, they had distinct abilities that no one else had. And I've said t- uh, before to, to our church churches, Sydney and New York, what are your distinctives? What makes you different? from the person who's doing the same job what's the distinctives that you have that make you stick out from the crowd and people who are truly discerning will see it upon you they will say to you what is different about you cuz your whole attitude is attractive it's true i'm serious And it's right there and then when you hit them with the Gospel, and then they think, well, maybe you're not so attractive now. (laughs) But they get hit with the truth. I found with some of, especially with the younger people, when I reveal to them that, because I have a part-time job, most of you know that, but when I reveal to them what my real job is, to my surprise, they go, oh, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> because they've gotten to know me just as a human being and they're okay with that, yeah. right? And so I often ask them, so what do you do for work? And they tell me because I like to engage people that way. Hoping that they'll ask me, well, what it, do you do this work full time? And I'm, they normally do. They ask me, so is this what you do full time? I say, no. No. I say I'm a pastor slash teacher in my real, you know, day job, my real gift. And to my surprise, most of them say, that's fantastic. And so the conversation is led by the Spirit from there. But that door will hardly ever opens if I have an attitude, What well, you're just a client, I'm just going to get by with whatever I need to do to get to the next job or make the next dollar. And now seriously, that is not a very good attitude for anyone in the workplace. But not just in the workplace. Even if your ministry is in the Lord and you're ministering, it's the same principle applies. God has anointed us so that our excellence is discerned by those who don't know the Lord. Yeah? And if you're not there yet, that's okay. That's why I'm sharing this message with you. If you're honest in your workplace, don't you ever believe that the little lies to get a sale or to get a promotion, they will always come back on you. Okay? If you believe God is giving you the work, trust God with the outcome. Because sometimes, I, I go, I'll, be, I'll be serious with you, I can overcharge customers because I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm so good at what I do, I'm doing it too fast. Yeah. And I get paid by the hour. And I'm tempted to close the invoice, a job that's taken me two hours, that should have taken a normal guy four hours to do, I'm tempted to charge them four hours. So the Lord's given me a way of escape. I tell the client before I start, I'm what they call an elite, right? So I do it quick. I've done so many. And I tell them I get it done in like one third of the time that a normal person doing this job gets the job done. So I'm letting you know before I start, it's going to cost you a two-hour minimum. And every hour after that, there'll be $10 per hour higher than what I normally charge. Everyone says, go for it. So I don't have to be dishonest anymore. Well, I wasn't before, but I was tempted to... I could say, Lord, well, really, what I've, done, I've done a four-hour job in two hours. They owe me four hours. The Lord said, no. Keep it clean. Do you, do you believe I'm giving you the work? I said, of course I do, Lord. Thank you. Then trust me. Tell the clients before you start. So I do that. But you in your workplace, even if you're a student, you can be an excellent spirit because we, we get all the teachings about you know being supernatural and, well, I've got a healing ministry, I've got a word of knowledge, I've got a little, a But when you go and see a person and their work ethic, it's all out of whack. Dishonesty, manipulation, not turning up on time. All of that supernatural stuff is not worth a penny if your witness is blown. True or not? Isn't this a different way of understanding Pentecost? Yeah. Yeah? We wanna be anointed by the Lord supernaturally, definitely, but we wanna be anointed by the Lord to do what we do and do it so well, everyone will praise the Lord. True? Yeah, give the Lord a hand. In your mountain, I'm going to close on this. You might be in performing arts. You might be on the arts mountain. But if you're trying to climb that mountain the world's way, don't expect God to back you. You can't lie. You can't sleep your way to the top. I'm talking straight. Don't say Christians don't do it. There's a, there's a whole list of big names out there who started in the church and ended up in the world. If your mountain is business, and you know what, they teach you how to lie about doing business in the world, because they don't see it as wrong. They say it's stretching the truth. No, it's not, it's lying. And it's hard because I know some of you are in real estate. You know what something's worth, but the market or the owner or whatever is 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 trying to get as much profit as possible. All I can say is you need the wisdom of God on how to get around it. Okay, ask the Lord for wisdom. I don't believe Jesus, as a carpenter, would build, say a you know a nice um, cabinet something to put, you know, cutlery or china in. And he would calculate the hours he spent building it and then put a reasonable charge to purchase it. But he could look at it and and think, you know, I've put my heart and soul into this piece. I should charge more, right? Knowing full well that the market price was a lot lower I don't know if he would do that. And that's where we have to really ask the Holy Spirit on how to conduct ourselves in the marketplace. If your mountain is the church, I've talked about being evangelistic in our testimony. You know, guys say, you know, I caught a fish and it was this big. It starts like this and ends up like this. We've been talking about the truth lately. God's grace is all over your workplace. Don't get me wrong. He's not about to draw a line and say, I can't let you do this anymore. You have to start tomorrow, guys, building a testimony according to God's grace of excellence where you work. Okay? And not just at work, at home. The thing that I admire the most about my wife and my family is that what you see here is what you get at our house. I'm not a a person here that I'm not in my own home. There may be some imbalances because at home you tend to take off all of your masks. Hello? (laughs) But I'll testify, pastor has no personas besides the one you see right now okay and that's a good thing it's not easy but it's a good thing but some of us struggle with we're bubbly out there in the public eye and we're miserable when we're home we're very gracious out there in the public eye but we're very critical at home and so again no condemnation The anointing of the Holy Spirit is designed to bring those imbalances into, you know, perfect balance, yeah? Parity, I think is the word. And that is a big, big witness. You know, no one could argue with the wisdom of Daniel. No one could, his friends were even more faithful than him. Like they said to Nebuchadnezzar, whether you throw us in the fire or not, whether God delivers us or not, we've made up our minds. We're not going to bow to your idol. Isn't that something? They already made up their minds before he even answered. This is just off the table as far as our you know, compromise is concerned. Not even going there. They didn't even think twice about dying for their faith. And I know that the same Spirit is in you. The same Spirit is in you. Guess what? They had the Spirit with them. You have the Spirit in you. Let's ask the Holy Spirit for this anointing that these men... Had come upon them. I just read out of Leviticus, sorry Exodus thirty-one. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding." in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works to work in gold and in silver and in bronze in cutting jewels for setting in carving wood and to work all manner of workmanship what's your workmanship yeah You are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God predestined before you were even born. Oh my God, isn't that wonderful? Whatever your mountain is, God has a workmanship that He's going to anoint you to do that He had determined before you were even born. Just go to the Lord and ask Him, show me what's in the book. What's the plan? On this Pentecost Sunday, we're balancing gifts and workmanship. Amen. Let's be honest, say, Father, we thank You for Your Spirit. Anoint us with excellence as you did Daniel and his friends, as you did Jesus, as you did Solomon. Let the Spirit of God within us bear witness to your excellence, Lord Jesus. Without you, we can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I bless you in the name of the Lord. Let's, uh, let's lift our hands up and just ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us again. You've been baptised in the Spirit, but you can have many infillings. I love that song that Pastor Nate and the team touched us with tonight. About the Spirit coming again. Bring a fresh anointing, Lord, on your people, your church. Build your church with an excellence of spirit, Lord. Build your church. Let us remember you on this Pentecost. Holy Spirit, we love you. Holy Spirit, we worship you. You are God in the church. And you've allowed us to kiss our father through Jesus our savior in Jesus name amen do you have any more to add pastor we're good yeah for those of our for those of you who are online and haven't yet come to know Jesus Christ as the prince of peace as the savior of the world this is a beautiful time to come to that, you know, that revelation. He wants to bring his spirit into your life. But before he can do that, he wants you to acknowledge that your life hasn't measured up to what God expects. He never expected humans to lie or to cheat or to kill or to manipulate they're all the results of sin and if you ask the Lord to forgive you of sin he honors Jesus and he does forgive you of all of your sins if you're at that place then God has predestined that today is the day for your salvation pray with me this prayer Father God I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and wash me clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus died for my sins and he rose again to give me life with you. Lord Jesus, come and live in my heart and fill me with your spirit, Pentecost. I believe in you, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that I am saved. First step to eternal life has just been made by you. Please contact us. Don't walk this walk alone. You've got friends, you've got family that want to walk with you and encourage you. Our contact information is coming up on screen. And we're looking forward to you taking the next step. God bless you and we thank you as we sign off from our online audience and I bless you in the name of the Lord. Let this week be a week where you come in contact with the excellence that God has predestined you to have everywhere you go. Amen? Amen. All right, that's the end of service, guys. Thanks.
0: If this is your first time accepting Jesus, we would love for you to get in touch with us so we can walk alongside you in taking your next steps in faith. There is so much that God wants to do in your life to show his goodness and love, and our team is ready and willing to connect you and partner with you on your journey. Visit torqueorg contact to speak to someone today. It is our joy to partner with you and see Jesus become real, relevant, and relational in every part of your life. Thanks for listening to the Torque message of the week. We hope you were encouraged by this message and stirred to make this more than just words, but a reality. If you've been impacted by what was shared, why not go ahead and share it with someone who you know needs to hear it? You can get the latest episodes of this podcast by subscribing via Spotify, Apple, or our Torque app. Need to rewatch this message again? Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check out TorqueTV.org for more amazing content. We thank you for your generous support and prayers. And if you would like to contribute to our ministry, please visit torqueorg forward slash give. From all of our leaders and team, we love you, are praying for you, and believing for you every step to be aligned with him and his spirit this week. Until next time, God bless.